What's going on, folks? Welcome back into another 20th and Blake podcast, part of MileHighSports.com. I'm your host, Luke Zalman, and the Rockies appear to be sliding a little bit again. Um, and this episode, we're going to talk about something that is turning into an absolutely glaring hole, and that is the Rockies' starting rotation. We've written several pieces up on My High Sports, we being me and Anilo Piro. Um, it's been a consistent thing that's starting to get worse and worse. Um, Senzatella just tonight had an absolutely atrocious start. Um, seven earned runs, three home runs, over four and two-thirds. Um, just not not a great outing. Um, so now, as a whole, their ERA is 5.71. Um, just atrocious. Kyle Freeland um, has definitely lost some of the touch on his slider. It's starting to go flat a little bit. ERA already up to 5.9 on the year. Um, last start, eight earned runs, and he's allowed five or more in three of his seven starts this year. Um, there's a little caveat that he has been dealing with Chris Iannetta behind the plate. Or, excuse me, he's been dealing with Tony Walters behind the plate as opposed to Chris Iannetta, who is his usual catcher. Um, he hasn't said anything about it, um, doesn't want to put a teammate down, but it's definitely a trend in his career that when Tony Walters catches him, he does worse. Tony Walters is primarily Herman Marquez's catcher and not Kyle Freeland. Um, they really have a good relationship, him and Chris Iannetta. Um, so when he doesn't have him, he has struggled a little bit. Um, but if you look at last year, I mean, there was one start last year where he had five earned runs. That was it. And he's done that or worse in three of his seven starts to start the year. Um, it was to be expected. I mean, he wasn't going to maintain a 2.8 ERA for a second straight year, but at least you thought he'd be a little better. Um, just hasn't gotten there. Herman Marquez didn't have his fastball command in his last start. But I mean, a 3.46 ERA so far this year, That's it's really hard to complain about that. Um, if that were to maintain, that's a very good, good you know, season in a Rockies uniform. Having to pitch half your games at Coors Field, that's a good number. So it's his batting average on balls in play was ridiculously low early in the season, and it's starting to regress back to where it should normally be. So that's why he's starting to look a little less dominant. Is those balls are starting to you know peek through a little bit, but he'll write he'll write it. I mean he's he's turned into you know one of the one of the better young pitchers in the league. So there's not really any worries about him. Um, and John Gray has also been a pleasant surprise this year. He's finally starting to control his emotions, and I have a piece going up tomorrow morning on MileHighSports.com. I mean, I talked to him, and he's tried so many new things this year, and they're starting to work. He's starting to be able to control the little bit of anger he gets during his starts, and he's he's able to stop things from snowballing. That was, that's been a huge problem for him in his career, and it's already helping him. I mean, he's left a career-high 78.8% of runners on base. Um, his ground ball rate's up to 50%. That's also a career high. And that ERA's gone down. It's now a 4.22. Um, he's looked really good this year. Um, I think this, with a slightly better ERA, is what his kind of, maybe his ceiling could be for the Rockies, at least while he's pitching in Coors Field. If he was pitching in a pitcher's park like, you know, Oracle and San Fran, It'd be a little crazy to see how good he could be. I mean, his stuff's pretty electric. He's got that high fat, 
you know, high velocity fastball. He's got the good breaking slider. Um, he he is a very good pitcher, and I think he gets lost in the fray of stats sometimes. Um, he knows that he's good, and he is kind of you know started to you know exude confidence, and it's really starting to help him on the mound. But other than that, I mean, Senzatella, like I said, rough start against the Giants. They got blown out fourteen to four. Um, he's just been so erratic, and I mean. This was against an offense that coming in was bottom five in runs, total bases, home runs, etc., etc. Just an absolutely horrendous offense. And then to allow that kind of production, um, the consistency just isn't there. And the crazy part is, if you look at him, he has a lot of the same tools that Herman Marquez had and still has. He's got the electric fastball and a good breaking ball. He just hasn't been able to put it together consistently like Herman yet. And it's that's what's holding him back is just that one word consistency. He has not been able to string together start after start after start of just high level pitching. Um, Tyler Anderson also one of those guys that has not had consistently. Obviously, with obviously he's with AAA now. Um, his first year was good with the Rockies. Since then, it's you know I mean his ERA has been you know, between four and five for those two seasons, that's not terrible. You can live with that, but it's the home runs that are starting to pile up. I mean, he allowed the most in the National League last year. He allowed 30. And this year, he's already allowed eight in just five starts. That puts him on pace for 51 if he were to make 32 starts like he did last year. 51 home runs would have led the entire league last year, not just the National League. Um, so he's just been terrible. And a big problem of his is he's gone from having multiple pitches to only having two. Now all he has is that changeup fastball, and that's just not going to work. He has no curveball right now, no cutter. He had to completely ditch the sinker because it just didn't work. Um, he's in a, a two-pitch pitcher. If he's going to go fastball changeup, unless he sports a changeup like Luis Castillo of the Reds, I mean, it's just not going to work. Luis Castillo's changeup is absolutely ridiculous. Other than that, rocking just a fastball changeup when you don't have a good fastball, I mean, it's not going to work. It is not a recipe for success. So he needs to start rebuilding his repertoire and get back to having, you know, three to four offerings because unless he can mix it up, he is not going to blow anyone away. And his little gap when he's pitching, his little hitch, it can only do so much. I mean, there comes a certain point where that cannot lead him to being a good pitcher. Um, so there's a lot of options for their rotation. Obviously, right now, they're rolling with four starters. They're going to need a fifth, but they won't need it till the end of this week. And for that start alone, um, a guy like Jeff Hoffman is, you know, 80% going to be the guy that takes over. Um, he's shown flashes. I mean, he has that good fastball. He has a good breaking ball. He just, like John Gray in previous years, allows things to snowball. He'll walk someone, he'll give up a couple hits, and then everything just turns into an avalanche for him. And then it's hit after hit after hit, run after run. And he just can't get it back together. Um, so he he will likely get called up for that start and however many starts it takes. Um, but he he's a pretty risky option. And that still leaves Senzatella as their fourth starter, which isn't great. Um... If you go down the list, Peter Lambert as well, um, very good showing in spring, but he's only 20 years old. 
He has less than 20 starts at AAA, and in his AAA starts this year, he's got a 6.59 ERA in six starts. That's not great. And so far, he's really struggling with command. He's up to his career high in walk rate right now. He's struggling to put the ball in the zone, and he's 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 allowing quite a bit of good contact because he just doesn't have the control. Um, another guy is Ryan Castellani. Um, he also is struggling a little bit with control, but he's allowing lots of fly balls. He's already allowed seven home runs this year and five starts. Um, it's hard to see foresee that working in Colorado right now. And he also, it's just his first year in AAA, only 23 years old. So he has a lot of developing to do still. Um, 10.65K per nine. That's really good, and it's the highest of his minor league career, but the Ks don't matter as much when you allow as much contact as he's allowing. Um, so they're in-house replacements. They're either going to have to take a chance on Hoffman or take a very big chance and possibly ruin the confidence of some of their really young guys in their system. Um, I don't think I don't think those latter two pitchers need to be need to be called up at any point this season unless there's just a catastrophic injury. Um, Jeff Hoffman makes sense, um, but other than that, I don't see much as far as in-house replacements. So moving on to out-of-house replacements, outside of the Peter Lambert, outside of Ryan Castellani, outside of Jeff Hoffman, what could the Rockies do to improve their rotation? I mean, it is it has been that bad, and at the current rate it's at, it's not going to get them to the postseason, nor can it compete in the postseason. So there's a couple options. First of all, there's free agency, which is not a very appealing option. Everyone on Twitter, social media, everywhere you look has been clamoring for Dallas Keuchel. And I brought it up a little bit in my last podcast. I don't see it happening because, first of all, for them to add a guy like that, they will either have to give a draft pick or wait until the beginning of June, I believe it's June 5th, that they would no longer have to give up a draft pick. And by that time, it may not even matter. And for them to give him a one-year $20 million deal around that number for the rest of the season, that doesn't work out well for them. There came, A report came out that said he has already rejected multiple offers. Whether the Rockies are one of those offers, I would doubt it. Um, but for them to add him, like I said, one year around 20 million, and there's no reason for him to come to Colorado unless they blow him away with an offer him spending one year in Colorado and possibly ruining the rest of his chances at a big long-term deal isn't going to be attractive to him and nor is signing maybe a two-year deal because then that still puts him in a position where he'll need to get another contract at some point but he's going to likely have to settle because his numbers in Colorado likely wouldn't be that good. So they would have to give him a long-term deal, five or six years, and that's just not in their best interest. Obviously, in the short term, it could make them a lot better. I mean, his ground ball rate's huge, great innings eater. Um, he's really the definition of a perfect Colorado hitter in a vacuum, or pitcher, excuse me, in a vacuum. But putting him actually out there, I mean, there's no telling what the results would be. And to pay him that type of money, when he's really had one good year in his career, I mean, he's been consistent. But for them to pay him what he's asking for, you know, the double-digit millions over five years, um, that's that's not going to work. And that's not going to make them better. 
The only other guy that could possibly make sense to me would be a guy like Chris Tillman. Um, only because he was so good from a stretch from 2012 to 2016. I mean, he was very good for the Orioles in a loaded AL East. Um, but it would have to be a minor league deal considering last year in seven starts, he had a 10.46 ERA. He was terrible and he's been terrible since he left that little stretch he had. Um, that's an option they could have as far as bringing in a minor league, you know, putting him on a minor league deal, seeing if he pans out. Um, it likely isn't going to work out though, because he would, there's a reason he hasn't been signed because if someone really wanted to take a chance on him, he would cost little to nothing. Um, and there's, there's not much of a reason, but outside of him, I mean, there's really nothing out there. There's, you know, the James Shields of the world, the Giovanni Gallardos, the, you know, guys like that, but they're no better option than him who actually has a, you know, recent-ish track record of success, but I don't see them doing anything in free agency, which moves to the bigger conversation of trade market. The absolute number one trade target, you know, acquisition, top of the list, whatever you want to call it, would be Marcus Stroman. I don't see... I don't see a reason why the fit isn't perfect, and because it's so good, it makes me think that it wouldn't get done. Um, he's under team control through 2020, um, as far as arbitration goes. Um, and Toronto and Colorado have been, you know, very, very deal heavy in the last couple of years. I mean, the Troy Tulowitzki deal, the Singwon O deal, they're familiar with each other, and to be able to add a guy with a career 3.85 ERA that has gone down to 2.96 this year now that he's healthy again um, would be great. I mean, he threw 200 or more innings in back-to-back -back years, 2016, 2017. Last year he was injured, had some back stuff going on, um, but now that he's healthy, he's once again pitching well. He's just like Keuchel in that his career ground ball percentage of 59.6% would play very well at cores. But he's never pitched at course, so it's impossible to know. You know, there's no sample size, whether it's small or not. There's no sample size whatsoever to see how successful he could be. Um, likely deal would probably be, you know, like a Colton Welker from Double A, um, maybe even Garrett Hampson off the bench. The Rockies may decide that they need a starting pitcher far more than they need a speedy bench guy like Garrett Hampson. Um, he's a great locker room presence, but it just may be one of those things where they have to bite the bullet. Um, and they could even get, deal a guy like Sam Hilliard from AAA. Um, nine home runs already this year for AAA. Um, could be intriguing to a team that just lost Kevin Pillar. Um, Sam Hilliard could possibly fit you know, their timeline with Vlad Guerrero, with Bo Bichette. Um, he could fit that timeline pretty well, considering Bo probably won't come up till next year or very late this year. Sam Hilliard's kind of on that same path. So that could make sense for them. Um, it would have to be something enticing, considering, like I said, he is under control for two more years. And he's been a great pitcher. I mean, he's not. he's been rumored to be on the trade block. But that doesn't mean they're just going to give him away. I mean, he's a good pitcher for them, and he's their, you know, proverbial ace. He may not fill that, you know, ace-type requirement for 
like every team in the league, but he does for them. So trading him away would have to be, you know, a pretty good deal for them. Um, moving down the list, maybe you got like Zach Wheeler from the Mets. Um, the Mets have said that they're trying to compete this year. Their GM is in his first year. They made the Cano and Edwin Diaz trade. Um, they're clearly trying to compete this year. So unless they fall apart, it'd be hard to see them dealing him. But he is going to be a free agent after this season. So the Rockies could even look into signing him in the offseason. But as far as trading for him right now, um, the same type of package could apply. A Colton Welker, you know, a guy like that that could entice them to deal him as, you know, a half-of-the-year rental um, he's got a 4.64 ERA and seven starts this year, but he had an absolutely amazing second half last year. He was one of those guys that rivaled Herman Marquez's second half last year. Um, a 1.68 ERA and 11 starts, 73 to 15 K to walk ratio. Just an absolutely ridiculous second half last year. He's had some injury problems in his career, um, but I don't know if that would hold the Rockies back considering they're basically paying for a half a season for him. Um, and another guy that could be had, but it would be most likely cheaper and more likely to be dealt is Mike Miner for the Texas Rangers. Um, he's, it seems like the guy's been in the league forever. He's only 31 years old. Um, across seven starts this year, 2.40 ERA, um, and five of his starts have been seven innings or more. Five of his seven. That is that is a type of length that the Rockies could, you know, just kill for. He's signed through next year at 9.5 per year. Not bad at all for a starting pitcher. As far as the downside to trading for him, he is a very heavy fly ball pitcher. He's had some great games this year. I mean, he had a game where he struck out 13. He's had a complete game already this year. Um, but he is a very high fly ball pitcher. Um, and that could be detrimental as far as his trade value to the Rockies. But the Texas Rangers will almost assuredly sell him either this year or next year. They're not likely to be a very great team. You know, Joey Gallo's trying his hardest to make them good. Um, but he's likely not going to be there as a team, not going to be good anytime soon. Um, so as far as trading for him, um, they likely could. Um, same package as same package as a Strowman, as a Zach Wheeler, but um, it's I think it'd be more attainable for them. I think he'd be a very good addition, and he's a veteran. Um, they could really use a veteran in that clubhouse. There's been no rumors that they've been talking to the Rangers. It's very early in the year, but I could definitely see him being a trade target for them either now or as the you know trade deadline approaches. Looking at the huge swing that they could make and then digressing is Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer of the Cleveland Indians was one of the best pitchers in the entire major leagues last year. 2.21 ERA, 6th in AL Cy Young voting, probably should have been higher. Um, career 3.91 ERA, but he's but in recent years he's focused on the analytics of his fastball and his breaking balls speed uh, spin rate should i say um and since he finally just started to focus on stuff like that it's changed him into a very consistent pitcher for the indians 
And considering they just lost Corey Kluber, Mike Clevenger's been out for a while, they may look to sell. I mean, their GM has already come out and said, enjoy Francisco Lindor, enjoy Jose Ramirez while they're here because I don't think we're going to re-sign them. So the Indians are one of those teams that got this bounty of good pitching, good hitting, good everything, didn't take advantage of it, and now they're probably just going to tear it down. Um, but that would be... That would be a huge cost for the Rockies. He is an absolutely amazing pitcher, um, and he would be expensive, and rightfully so. They would need to give up a Riley Pint, a Brendan Rodgers, a Ryan Rollison. They would have to give up one of their top minor leaguers, and it would, and that would be at the least. They would have to add more. It would likely, if they were to give Ryan Rollison, they would have to give a Colton Welker, as well as another prospect. It'd probably have to be a three-for-one package with three very good prospects. He is that good of a pitcher. It would be similar to the Chris Sale deal back in the day with Yoan Moncada, um, but probably not quite that, quite to that degree because he doesn't have quite the pedigree of a Chris Sale. Um, but he, he, I mean, the Rockies could even choose to deal a David Dahl, if it makes sense for the club. Um, I don't see that happening. There are no rumors that David Dahl is anywhere near a trade block. But that's the type of level of player that they'd have to deal for a guy that had an 11.3K per nine this year. Um, he is the definition of an ace, um, and he would just be an astronomical addition. A couple smaller names. Um, Madison Bumgarner. I don't see it happening. He's been, you know, heavily rumored to be on the trading block. Um, but I doubt the Giants trade him in division. I just don't think it makes sense. I don't think it makes sense for the Rockies. He's an older guy, which could work out for them, but he's also on the decline. He's started pretty good. He had another good start tonight against the Rockies. Um, but his underlying numbers say that that's a little bit of a fallacy that he's going to regress. And that's coming off of two very injury and you know, decrease success years. Um, that's, that's not very realistic, but I thought I'd bring his name up since he has been on the trade market. And then a guy like D Dylan Bundy from the Orioles. I know it's, he's one of the, you know, most, it, he was supposed to be very good and he's shown flashes of being very good, but it, he just hasn't put it together. Um, he could probably be had for a package that wouldn't be you know, astronomical, much the same way the Braves got Kevin Gosman from them last year, which by the way, that should have been a guy the Rockies went after. They didn't. Um, they're probably kicking themselves now, but Dylan Bundy could probably be had, and they were rumored to be in the conversation for him last year. The problem with him is home runs. He allowed a league leading 41 last year, and he's already allowed nine this year. Put him at Coors Field, that's not going to get better. His Ks are good. He's been a high strikeout pitcher, but as far as innings, he walks far too many and allows far too much contact to go deep into games. So you're probably better off not giving up assets for a guy like that um, if you're looking to compete. More names are going to come up as the trade deadline approaches and as the season starts to go on. Um, maybe even the Pittsburgh Pirates fall out of contention a little and a Chris Archer comes available just after they traded for him last year. Um, there's no rumors of it, but just spitballing off the top of my head, that type of thing could happen. Um, but overall, the Rockies need to do something if they hope to truly compete. 
with I don't think it's hyperbole to say that with their current rotation as it stands, they are not going to compete. They are not going to be one of those teams that, you know, wins a division. They're not going to win a playoff series. They may possibly compete for a wild card if their, you know, batting just goes through the roof. If their hitters just start to really put it together. Um, Charlie Blackman continues to hit 350 the way he has, you know, the last 18 games. Um, but other than that, there is no way that they can compete with the starting rotation as it stands. Um, so Marcus Stroman could make sense. Dallas Keuchel doesn't make much sense to me as far as from his standpoint and the club's standpoint. Um, but they need to do something. So hope you enjoyed the pod. Hope you maybe throw some comments um, on iTunes, wherever you may listen to podcasts. Um, and let me know what you think. Let me know on Twitter at Luke Zalman what you think. Um, I'm just, I'm searching through answers just like, you know, the fans tend to be. Um, but maybe with a more inside look at it. Um, but overall, they need to do something. So be sure to go on milehighsports.com. Look at all our newest pieces. Like I said, that John Gray piece will go up tomorrow. Um, Anilo's recap is up from their latest game against the Giants. Um, just a lot of stuff coming up and a lot of stuff as the year goes on. We'll start to get even more in depth. Um, once we start to talk to, you know, a story about Tony Walters is probably coming up soon. Um, just how he works with the pitchers, how great he's been behind the plate this year. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Be sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Wherever you may listen to podcasts, go on milehighsports.com. They're posted there every time. Just about every two days we'll have one dropping. Um, So be sure to stay up to date with that stuff, and I'll talk to you next time.